Just to kind of introduce you to the whole subject, and it's a verse that I like a lot, and you'll see why from the book of Proverbs, and it talks about truth. Proverbs 24 goes like this. An honest answer is as pleasing as a kiss on the lips. So I didn't know that was in the Bible. Isn't that great? Interestingly, talking about this with some friends uh, in our tea at 10 thing, and, and a couple of them, and a couple ladies said, you know, sometimes a kiss on the lips isn't always that authentic, which obviously that's we can go a long ways with that. We won't. But um, uh, there's some truth, certainly a lot of truth to that. But, but here is the truth, certainly in the writer's minds of, of Proverbs right here. He's talking about the, it's refreshing and, it's, and a kiss in the lips in the right context is supposed to be something from the heart and something that really means something. You know, and that's the issue here. It's refreshing and it's honest, and that's great. Honesty's like that. It's just really a, it's really a, it's really a cool thing. And, and when we start talking, there are a few things in life more refreshing than just good, honest authenticity. We want authenticity in everything we do. We like that. We're not always authentic, but we, we like it. Last night, I, we drove, we, you know why Charlie was the first guy that sang today? He sang Jesus is just all right. And the reason that Charlie sang so good this, this morning was because last night we went to dinner with them at an auth- and he's from Texas. He and Vanessa are from Texas. And so when we were talking the other day, we were talking about how we both, Charlie and I love Tex-Mex. We lived in Colorado for almost 20 years, and there's a lot of Tex-Mex stuff where we came from. And, um, you know, in New York area, you know, there's a lot of good stuff here, but Tex-Mex, it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not happening here too much. So I was, I, was, I was sharing my woes with Charlie one day about that, and he said, I know a great Tex-Mex place that's authentic, it's genuine, it's just like Texas. And I said, what, 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 yeah, where is it? He said, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. Does that sound right to you? Anyway, so we drove to Brooklyn last night and had Tex-Mex with it, and it was a real deal, too. I have no idea where it was or how we got there, but, I mean, it was, it was terrific. Why? It was authentic. Tex-Mex, you know, love authenticity. And, and that's part of the deal here. Obviously, that's, a, that's one thing we're talking about, but let's talk about it in a different way. It's a, it's a high priority. You like Italian food, you want authentic Italian food. Now, if you want, you know, what other, whatever kind of thing you like, you want, it, you want some authenticity with it. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you some thoughts, just two or three thoughts, three thoughts that, that really talk about how, how do I do this, you know, and I, you know, and I say that, I say that reluctantly because I really can't tell you. There's not a formula, but I give you some thoughts, just kind of help you think along these ways, along these lines. And and uh, we're coming up on the holidays, and that's very applicable to this principle. And I'll show you why in just a moment. We start talking about authenticity. So stick with me on this, and we're going to go to some places in the Bible and and talk about that. But three thoughts that I want to give you that really talk about how do I how do I work toward this thing of authenticity. First one is this. Keep in mind that I answer to God and God alone. I answer to God and God alone. Let me show you just one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Look at this. For all of us must appear before Christ to be judged by Him. We will receive what we deserve according to everything we have done, good or bad, in our bodily life. All of us. You say, well, there's a lot in that verse. Yeah, there is. But here's what I want you to think about. You're going to answer for you. I'm not going to answer for you. You're not going to answer for me. You're going to answer for you. 
That's why when we start talking about authenticity, I, I need to be the real deal. Because I don't have to, I may try to live up to somebody's expectations here on earth, but it really doesn't help. Because when it comes down to it, I am going to meet my Creator someday. And then, then, then truth comes out. Will I be authentic or not? It's going to be a, a great day for some, not so great for others. Um, you are responsible to only one person about your life. You're responsible to only one person, and he already knows you. He already knows your heart. He already knows your, your motivations, and that is a humbling thing. You can't cover up around God. So why try? Just be who you are. Be authentic. And, you know, this really simplifies life when you think about it. You know, you got all these people you're trying to please, and you got all this going on, holidays are upon us, and you got mom and dad possibly that, you know, they expect a certain thing, and you got this friend over here, and they expect a certain thing. Hey, let's just back off this for a minute. It's just real simple. I have to answer to God, plain and simple. I have to answer to God. Pretending uh, and covering up and denying is fruitless, it's incredibly stupid, and it's phenomenally wasted energy. It is. Why do we do all that dance, you know? Just kind of a dance around it. I don't know. We, we all have done it. This just simplifies things. Now listen, that doesn't mean we get rude about it. That doesn't mean we say, hey, I answer to God up your nose with a rubber hose. That means we, we do that kind of thing, you know? I mean, we just, it, it, we still want to be gracious. We still want to be loving. We still want to be kind. But at the same time, the bottom line is, I got to answer to one person, you know? And it's not your wife or your husband. It's God. And that's the issue here. And that's the first thing. Just, a, just a, a really powerful thought there. How do I live authentically? Just, this is just stimulates us is to know I'm going to answer to God and I'm going to answer to God alone. And that's it. You know, and I'm just going to deal with that. That's enough to deal with right there. Because He already knows what's think, what I'm thinking. And man, that's just that's some good stuff. Let me show you the second thought. And this kind of goes along with it. All these kind of build on each other. Get free from living to please others. You say, well, that's a nice statement. Um, Let me show you a few verses, and we're going to read through these, and I'll refer back to them, and they're in Galatians chapter 5. And uh, let's just show you how this is. Galatians chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Watch this. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I'm emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at that same moment, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. Skip down to verse 2, and you'll see it beginning in verse 4. I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. When you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most, watch this, this is really good, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior, interior, key word, faith expressed in love. Gosh, I love the way the message translation paraphrase puts that last one. What happens is something far more interior, which is just, just terrific, faith expressed in love. Here's the, here's the deal. 
when he, when he, skip back to that first part of that passage. Remember what he said right there in the first book, Christ has set us free to live a life, so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. If I could use his metaphor, harnesses of slavery come in many forms. Come in many forms. Think about this. Um, often they come in the form of church. Church says, I ought to do this, and I shouldn't do this, and I got to do this. You know, that I have a problem with. Uh, churches should be a place where you can go and you can hear about truth and you can hear about life and you can hear about ethics and, and so forth. But, but when we start putting all kinds of external standards on people, we get into trouble. And, I, and you know, how I've, and I've talked about that a lot. Those of you who come here regularly know I, I, uh, I just, I really have a problem with that whole thing. Some churches even have, have covenants. Well, you say, if I go to this church or if I become a member, and the whole membership thing, I have problems with it. But uh, when, if I become a member, I will do this, I will do this, and I won't do this, and I won't do this. And I'm like, what is that? You know, is that what God wants? I don't see that in the Bible. Um, Jesus, Jesus makes it real simple, doesn't he? What's the most important commandment, Master? They ask him, what do he say? Love God, love each other. Boom. Jesus couldn't have gotten most churches, could he? Anyway, um, um, sometimes, <laughs> it's true, sometimes those, those, back to the metaphor, the hornaces of slavery, sometimes it's parents. We're, we're, on the, we're on the holidays, and I've mentioned that a couple times, and I think it's worth just kind of revisiting for a moment. I have friends, and the first time I heard this, it was really a surprise to me, it really was. I have friends who have said, I hate the holidays. I hate the holidays. And the first time I asked them, what do you hate the holidays for? And they said, because, man, they expect this over here, and my parents expect this, and his parents expect this, and, and my friends expect this, and all I do, they don't put it in these words, I'll put it in, all I do is live up to others' expectations, and it's just a real problem. And, um, and you know what? That, that, is a, that is a problem. And somewhere in there we have to sit down there, and particularly if you're married, and you got to sit down with your husband and your wife, and you've got to find something that will work for both of you. And at the same time, that necessar- won't necessarily live up to somebody else's expectation, but what you can do. So sometimes those hornaces of slavery in this metaphor would be parents. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's media. Sometimes we see something in a movie or a TV show or something, this is how I'm supposed to look. And I go about that and think, this is what I've got to do. This is, this is the thing that I have to fulfill. Um, you know, whether it be a, a, a social standard or a particular kind of look, this is what I've got to do. I'll give you an example of that. I probably shouldn't do this, but it's right here, so I have to do it, see? So, you know, this is my notes. No, not really. Um, Fashion. There's nothing wrong with fashion. I love fashion. But if you notice something, not all fashions work for everybody. You know? And it's wintertime, so this is a safe illustration that I can use. Um, you know, the, the fashion today for ladies, especially, is these short uh, uh, shirts, crop tops, okay? You know, and you know what? If you've got a flat stomach, God bless you. Go ahead, that's great. If you're modest, that's fine. But somewhere, somehow, somebody got that all screwed up. My gosh. Back in the summer, I went through, I was in the city for a day, and I was like, do these women have mirrors or what? This is disgusting. You know, I don't have a problem with you having a stomach. I have one. 
but I don't show it off to the world, you know? And it's like they think that's the standard. You know, that's, that's what I've got to follow by. And it's like, no, it's not. That doesn't work for you, you know? I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's kind of a silly thing, but gosh, I've been waiting to say that for six months. But anyway, it's, am I the only one that bothers? I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh. You know, so anyway, and now again, if you're one of those 2% of the women in this country who can do that, that's fine. God bless you. No problem. You have no problem with me. But, but just, are you one of those 2%? That's my numbers. Um, here's the deal. Look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, whatever else you do, you know, you don't want to be really you because then you'll be authentic and then people will see who you really are. Whether it be fashion or obviously something much more important than that. And what happens, I'm afraid, and I've seen this, in church-type places, religious places, and even, even other places, social settings, is we get this little, this little model, so to speak, not, not a person, but a model of what a person's supposed to look like, act like, talk like. Christians are the worst about this. This is what it means to be a Christian, and, and this is how you talk, and this is how you walk, and this is how you... And we all get this little subculture thing going, and, and there's no authenticity. And then somebody comes into church, and they, and they say something like, oh, man, I had a hell of a time last night. Everybody's going, oh, my gosh, did he say that? Now, I'm not suggesting we all sit around here and just use whatever languages the, the language that comes to our mind, but at the same time, there's something refreshing about authenticity even if it's in a form that I may not necessarily approve. We don't want to be abusive. We don't want to be a, take advantage of. But, you know, we need to be real. And, and, and Christ came to save our souls, so to speak, and our lives to, so that authenticity, so we could full, more fully be ourselves. And that's the issue here. Not to be somebody else. Not to be some kind of a little deal or something else. Um, we, you know, the other thing about this, now there's another, there's another sort of another side to this story. And that is this. When we live this way with this authenticity, you know what has to happen, don't you? There also has to be an umbrella of grace that we give each other. Because some people will say things sometimes in inappropriate manners, inappropriate ways. I, of course, would never do that. I would never do that up here. I've never done that up here, have I? <laughs> you don't have to think back too far for that. Um, and we forgive each other. You know? We may need to clarify something. We may need to have some, some, some heart-to-heart talks about that. But that's so much better than just covering up and covering up and hiding and, and not really dealing with the real issues. We just live our lives in this constant spin where it's out of control and, and you know, pretty soon you don't even know who this person is because they've taken on some form of something they saw in the media or, or something that a parent put on them somewhere or, or something that, a, that an ex-mate put on them or, or whatever it happens to be. That's the issue here. Get free from living to please others. Jesus said it very, very clearly. I suspect you never intended this, but this is what happens when you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects. You're cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Skip down. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion 
nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior, faith expressed in love. That comes through Christ. Third thought, I want you to see this. If I'm going to be live authentically, answer to God and God alone, get free from living to please for others. And this is really important. This kind of says it all. Be truthful at all cost. Be truthful at all cost. Look in the Ephesians chapter 4. I got it right here for you. Verse 25. What, what this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. That's whoever's around you. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, look at this. This is so good. You end up lying to yourself. Some years ago, I came to an amazing discovery. I'd, I had been asked to intervene in a couple of, of business deals that had gone south in, uh, in church. In, in, it wasn't in church, but they both went to the church where I was pastor. This happened like two or three times, like in a two or three year period. And what became clear to me is that somebody is not telling the truth. But as I would talk with both of these individuals, you'd go through everything and, and you know, you would say, well, you know, I don't, I don't see that or whatever it happens to be. Here's the, here's the earth-shaking <laughs> revelation that I came to. You've already probably learned this somewhere along the road. There aren't a lot of liars in the world. They lie to themselves first, which makes them liars, I suppose. But most people who, miss, who, 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 who don't tell, not always, certainly you have your chronic liars and you have all other kind of stuff, but most people who don't speak truth lie to themselves. So when we talk about this whole concept, be truthful at all costs, we first have to be honest with ourselves. One of the popular pop psychology phrases is denial. What is it? Denying the truth. And so as a result of that, we have all kinds of stuff that goes on. So if we're going to have this, this truth-telling, this truthfulness at all costs, one of the things that happens to happen, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be open. We have to be able to just lay it out there. Sometimes that's going to hurt. Sometimes people are going to hurt you. Sometimes people will take advantage of you with that. And that's too bad, but it happens. But I'd rather that happen than I tell the truth. You know, it's just, it's just part of the deal. Um, Honesty, just being honest, humility, just basically laying yourself at the, at, 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 really at, figuratively speaking, at the foot of Christ and just saying, okay, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak the truth and you deal with it and help me to have the strength to deal with whatever comes. And you know, we need trusted truth tellers around us who in a, hopefully in a loving way, will be able to help us with that. Hopefully. So when I talk about at all costs speak the truth, obviously that doesn't mean we, we abuse each other in the name of truthfulness. That doesn't mean we, I mean, we, we learn grace. We learn, we learn how to do that. I learned a few years ago when your wife asks you if you like this dress that you don't say something like, no, you look frumpy in it. I learned you don't say those kind of things. Boy, did I learn that one. That was a long, hard lesson. She asked me, I said, oh, you look a little frumpy, honey. Frumpy! <laughs> Don't do that. You can speak. There's other ways you can do that. You know, there's other ways. You, so so that is, when I say we speak the truth at all costs, that doesn't mean we just abuse one another or that we don't, you know, we get that New Jersey attitude of just saying whatever we want to say and, you know, let the chips lie where they may. We still need to, we're still to be people of love, people of grace. We're still to be that. But don't let that compromise you 
from speaking the truth. And make sure you have people around you. It won't be many. Two or three, four, who will speak the truth to you. A couple of business friend guys of mine have, a, have sort of a little accountability thing that they do, and both of them travel a lot. And, and uh, what, what they do is whenever one of them comes back from a trip, they have this little checklist they go through. Well, did you, did you go anywhere you shouldn't have gone? You know, strip bars or whatever. No. Did you, and, and, and they, they're very sincere about it. And, and they said, did you, did you flirt with anybody you shouldn't have flirted with? No. Did you watch anything in your hotel room you shouldn't have watched? No. And then the last question is this. Have you lied to me about anything above? <laughs> it's very effective for them. We need truth tellers like that in our lives. Again, it won't be many. It won't be many. But two or three, one, four, whatever it is, we need them. Be truthful at all costs. So there you go, three things, three thoughts, and I want to just, just answer to God and God alone, get free from living to please others, be truthful at all costs. And I want to give you one final thought before we wrap this up, um, and I think this says it all, all right? It's, a, it's from an author who uh, has been recognized as an, uh, one of the top 10 or 15 uh, lady authors and, and thinkers of our world today. And uh, this, this, this is, I ran across this, and I just love this thought. I want you just to, to read it with me very closely. I have it for you on the screen. Even the fear of death is nothing compared to the fear of not having lived authentically and fully. Even the fear of death is nothing compared to the fear of not having lived authentically and fully. Question that I have for you today a choice. It's a choice. Are you going to be authentic? Are you going to put people around you that can deal with your authenticity? That's the deal, and that's the issue. Even the fear of death is nothing. I can't imagine that compared to not having lived authentically and fully. And I would add before God and others. Let's pray together. Let's stand. Just stand up where you are and let's just pray. Lord God, we are um, very thankful that we can come before you and just, just think and be honest and not try to hide because you already know who we are, where we are, what's going on in our hearts, what's going in our mind, and if we try to hide, it does us no good whatsoever. So, Lord, I, I just ask for each one of us now to, to, to really think through this whole issue in our own life of, lives of what it means to be authentic and whether it be just refocusing on that thought of, God, I answer to you and you alone, or whether it be just re, rethinking the whole area of, I, don't need to be, I, don't, I, I need to be set free from other people's opinions, or whether it be just speaking the truth certainly in love and so forth, but at all costs, speaking the truth to myself first and then to others. Lord, I don't know, wherever we are, just each individual here, I just pray that you would uh, speak to each one. And Father, I I, I do especially ask you that just as we think through this, uh, for some of us it means we're just going to say, Lord God, I just want to kind of 
give my, in, in a renewed way, give my life to you again for, for some of us, and just again come back to you and say, God, I, wanna, I want you to take over my life. For some of us, Lord, it's going to be a first-time thing where we're going to say, Lord, God, I want to give my life to you. Just give my life to you and trust in what Jesus has done for me and how he suffered in the cross and died and went to the tomb and rose again, and how he gave me new life. Whatever our place, Lord, wherever we are in all of life, I just pray that you would uh, meet our need where it happens to be. We thank you for that, and we uh, give you the praise for, for being our Lord and our God, our opportunity to come here together. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Stick around for a while if you and find somebody you don't know or somebody whose name you forgot, okay?